Ear splitting before match point. Londa. Chin. Turn back and Purdue wins. Setting up Peterson again. Block. Boilermakers do it. They survived the upset with a three-set run to win in five and advance to the Sweet 16 for the third consecutive year. The block by Purdue and the Boilermakers are moving on. The Dig City Podcast is presented by Franciscan Health Sports Medicine, inspiring health. Franciscan is the official medical services provider of Purdue Athletics. Welcome back to the Dig City Podcast. Corey Palm alongside head coach Dave Shondell. Coach, another 2-0 weekend. Uh, I know it was, well, it was uh, pretty intense Friday night in, in Champaign, as you anticipated it would be a good Illinois club, a great arena to play in. Really good support from uh, from the Boiler Block Party that traveled strong over there to, to Champaign. But uh, you guys figured out a way to pull it out in five. It was just a great night. Um, we know when we go to Illinois, just like they know when they come here to West Lafayette, the chances are it's going to be a five-set match. Why that rivalry has become what it is, maybe because just proximity, mm -hmm. um, that uh, two good schools that are fairly similar in, in how they go about doing things, both athletically and uh, academically. But uh, we played great for two sets. I think really kind of got them on their heels and uh, did a great job defensively. And then at the break, uh, I saw Chris Thomas, who may be the most relaxed coach in the Big Ten, send his group back down to the locker room, okay, where you don't go very often anymore because you, know, you only have five minutes. Have five minutes. <laughs> and so I knew that he was gonna, you know, read them the riot act down there. And uh, when they came back, they were a different team. So, you know, credit their program for recognizing what they needed to do. Um, we could have won the third set. I mean, we got down, but we came back and tied it up and looked like we were in a position with the momentum, but they closed the door. They jumped on us in the fourth set early and throughout, and and then they were up 7-3 in the fifth. Yeah. And uh, I'm already thinking about what's the post-game conversation going to be like um, if we don't win this thing. But this is a team that wins close sets. They win close matches. They battled back. And, uh, you know, we threw Emma Ellis started the match and did, did pretty well. We took her out when things started to go south uh, in the fourth. Uh, but she plays with this mentality, this attitude. When things get tough, she rises. So we put her back in the fifth, and fortunately we did because she made some big plays uh, throughout that fifth set and especially down the stretch. So a great win. And on top of that, the boiler block sends about 60 people over there and uh, their presence was known in, in Huff Hall. And, you know, Huff Hall holds about over 4,000. Mm -hmm. They probably had about 3,600 in there on that night, but uh, nobody was uh, a bigger factor than the block party was that night. We're so thankful to have a student group that loves our volleyball team, and, and we, you know, we reciprocate that as well. But they were a factor, and we're happy that, that they made that trip. Well, and you, your team went up and celebrated with them a little bit afterwards, uh, yeah. the traditional, you know, lap of, of yeah. high fives and they, had to they, find they, and they, they 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 forced him to go up in the very tip top of the as, of the venue but uh it didn't matter it uh -huh. didn't matter and they had a ball and that's what's great you know is is having those kind of experiences as students it makes you want to come back and, and do it some more so hopefully we'll have some more road trips for them and and you know tonight a midweek match with with you know with uh, 
Iowa, and we're going to need them bad tonight. Yeah. Badly we need them. Um, the depth was never more apparent than it was Friday night. Uh, like you said, you, you, you sort of had the luxury to, to be able to pull out Emma when, mm-hmm. when things started to go a little sideways and then plug her back in. Another thing you were doing quite a bit through the night, but certainly in the fifth set, was, was swapping out setters. Yeah. You, you, you brought in Grace for, for Meg, you know, then put Meg back in, sort yeah. of a, a, a well, rotation when, deal. When you get into the fifth set, which is when we did a lot of that moving back and forth with the setters, when you get into the fifth set, it's a shorter set, but you still get your 15 subs. Right. Okay, so you can do a little bit more, you know, maneuvering yes. with your people, and it also serves as a little break in momentum. Uh, to make that substitution. You only get so many timeouts and so many challenges that you can kind of slow the game down with. So when you get in that 15th, you better be creative. You have to be prepared to be creative. And uh, during that match, we felt like um, Grace, the hitting percentage was better when Grace was setting in that situation. So even though she doesn't block me as well as, as Meg, but so when we were on serve receive, we were kind of bringing uh, Grace back in to set whether she was front row or back row. Right because we felt like on that particular night, she just had a little bit better feel for uh, what we needed to do offensively. And then if, if we were serving, we wanted Meg in there in the front row because they got some big outside hitters and we needed to put up a bigger block. So that was why we made that move. But we have more balance right now and more depth than any team that I can remember. And that was evident the next night when we played some other more, you know, Maddie Chen starts and who, who has been starting for us, you know, throughout her career at, at times. And then Lourdes Myers uh, gets an opportunity to start her first match. She's been here three years. And again, the story real quick on Lourdes is she had a, a, an injury when she got here, uh, came in with, a, with an injury. So she redshirted medically the first year, had a COVID that second year. Uh, so she still has four years. This is just her freshman year of eligibility. So that was the first match she'd ever started. She played some this year, but that was the first starting start for her in her career. And she responded really well by going six for nine. Uh, offensively in, in three blocks and, and, and she's just kind of changed her whole um, mentality and the way, way she operates and, and she's so much more engaged and involved in what we're doing as a team and more vocal and that's that's the key you know you can't come in and, and, and just be your own person you've got to be you got to be part of the team and and she and it's not that she doesn't want to she just has got kind of a uh, I call it kind of an aloof um, operation um, you know, she lives by herself. Yep. She kind of likes to be by herself, but you can't be a great teammate uh, and not be willing to give and take with your team. So cool to see a, a player like that, a, a young woman, develop and, yeah. and, and understand that and really grow into that. She was fantastic on, on and, and let me make right. this clear. She wants to be a great player, yeah. and she wants That's this team to be super successful. She is 100% bought in, mm-hmm. but sometimes it's a process of, of making yourself become the kind of player that you have to be if you you want to reach that kind of performance. Yeah, you know, you, you grow when, you know, uncomfortability leads to growth, yeah. hopefully, is, is, is the, the approach there, and, yeah. and it certainly looks like she's growing. You guys uh, make pretty quick work of Rutgers, three sets, a uh, little over an hour, the match took uh, on real time. It seemed like it was a lot it longer did. than that. It was a good Rutgers performance, it was. in set, my opinion. Set one was close, set two, they led most of the way. Yeah, and we were set 
up for a flat performance. It's what some people might call a trap match, you yeah. know, because you just get done beating Illinois uh, 36 hours earlier, and now you're playing a, a team that everybody in the world thinks you're going to just go right through. And so as a coaching staff, you do everything you can to, to try to prevent that. Mm -hmm. And you talk about how good Rutgers is playing in this match and in that match and, and, and all you can do to make sure that your, your group's ready to play. And, um, and we had some good performances, uh, but we also didn't block very well, yeah. which serves as motivation moving forward. Something to focus on, something yeah. to coach them up. That's another instance, we've talked about it a lot this year, because it's worth talking about a lot. You had that extra day of prep that extra reset, you said it's, it's kind of a trap match, maybe even more so if you're playing on, on 24 hours yeah. instead of 48. No, I agree, and I think that there's a lot of things that are interesting in, in, in the NCAA right now. Um, there are still some conferences, and even one in the Power Five, that is playing back-to-back -back the same team, okay. like, like we did during the COVID yeah, like year. Yeah, that has some benefits. Yeah, it has some benefits financially has some benefits on taking some of the stress mm -hmm. off of the, the preparation because you're doing all you do is making a few adjustments the next day you're at the same place and you know so you're having to prepare less um, during the course of the season but I think when you play the same team back to back at the same place there's more opportunities for a split yeah. than there is if you play somebody in October and then you play them again in late November that the better team would win more often so it'll be interesting to see how it plays out you know, across the country. But for us, the Big Ten has shifted because of TV uh, primarily and because volleyball has just become um, more respected in our own league that we're not playing back-to-back -back nights very often. Some teams are still doing that. just kind of depends on how the schedule shapes up, and we might do it once this year. But for the most part, we're going to go either Wednesday, Saturday or Friday, Sunday, and that gives us that little break in between as much as anything, emotionally to wind down and then gear back up for a different team, but also for coaches and players to prepare better for that team you play the second time. You mentioned already you take on the Hawkeyes tonight. We're taking this on Wednesday morning, so, right. so uh, let's get it out quick. Taking on the Hawkeyes, that's, that's yeah. what I was going to say. You quick turnaround from what was a, an emotional weekend, again, you, big yeah. win, good bounce back, you know, not really a bounce back win, but response win on yeah. Sunday, and then you've got two days of prep to get ready for your next week, which is the Hawkeyes here, followed by uh, Wisconsin coming to town on Saturday night. Yeah, two things. Everybody's bouncing back and playing quick after their last match, so it's, it's not like you're the only team in the Big Ten that's doing it. Everybody's doing that. Second thing is, on, on this particular match, we played Iowa, what was it, a week and a half ago? Yeah. I can't remember when it was. Yeah. It goes fast, but I think about a week and a half ago. So it's not like we got to reinvent the wheel. Um, you know, they played us tough up there. They took the second set from us and competed with us pretty pretty well in the other other ones um, in that particular match. So we know they can play with us, and and we hope we learn a few things there that we can um, do a better job against them with. Um, it's on our home boards, so that that should help us a little bit, but we expect a real battle tonight from an Iowa team that still has not won their first Big Ten match, but they played some pretty good opponents. And so um, I, I expect a good match tonight. I just hope our team comes out ready to play. Yep, 6 o'clock uh, on the Big Ten Network. Mm -hmm. uh, if you're listening to this Wednesday afternoon and you don't already have your tickets to the sold-out match, uh, you, you can watch it there. Then you guys turn around and, and welcome Wisconsin in a top ten match up here. On, uh, on Saturday evening. Now, uh, a programming change on that that was initially intended 
to be broadcast live on the Big Ten Network. It will be on Big Ten Plus. Uh, the network had to shift some things around, and unfortunately that matchup, which is going to be fantastic, uh, got the short end of the stick. Well, that happens sometimes, it and it, it was basically because of a, a move with football. Originally, the, the Ohio State um, game, whoever they're playing in football, is a pretty, pretty decent match. Yeah. De 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 decent game was going to be in the evening, and then they flip-flopped that and moved that, uh, into, I think, into the afternoon. And so, anyway. Yeah, a, lot, they, a lot of puzzle pieces. I credit to Big around. Ten Network because they called, Michael Calderon called and, and, and talked personally to me and yeah. to Kelly Sheffield about why they had to do it because they, they really wanted that match on TV. Yeah. But some things you just can't control. The, the almighty dollar is going to control things. Yeah. And so that was the case. But that's it's, it's going to be a great match whether it's on TV or not. And, uh, you know, we, we've had some great matches with Wisconsin. We were fortunate to, to win a couple of them last year, both at home and on the road, same year that they won the national championship. Both teams replaced a lot of players. Yeah. This is two totally different teams that are going to lock horns um, in Holloway Gym on, on Saturday at 6 o'clock. And, again, that's a match. That it, it was scheduled for 8, but it's got moved to 6. Yeah. So make sure that uh, our fans are aware of that and they get here early for what – which should be a good match. We'll have some alumni. It's our alumni day. We got about 25 alumni that are going to awesome. come back um, to celebrate with us. So, a lot going on this week for sure. Yeah. The Dig City Podcast is presented by Franciscan Health Sports Medicine, inspiring health. Franciscan is the official medical services provider of Purdue Athletics. Now, back to the show. A lot going on around the country this week as well. The last several weeks, I know yeah. we talked about your spot on the uh, on the coaches so, uh, uh, voting committee for yeah. the ABCA. Um, what's that process been like the last couple weeks with yeah. all of the shakeup? There's been a lot of upsets in college. Yeah, this week not quite as much as there has been, but it's been really a challenge to kind of look at every team that's worthy and then go back and check their, their results, not just the last couple of weeks. you got to go back and check their whole whole season because it gets it gets pretty – tough to figure out who, you know, who you're going to put when you get down to some of those final spots. But I just think our fans might be interested that, you know, Central Florida, yeah. who has been a mid-major, but now they're going to go into the Big 12 very soon. They're undefeated. They've got a kid named Melville who, you know, we used a lot like Caitlin Newton in the past, just set a ton of balls to. She's one of the top point scorers in the country. They're 12-0. and 0. Their RPI is 7 in the country. Wow. And so they're in a really good position because, I mean, Good position. They may very well stay undefeated because yeah, right. now they're in conference play and they're the, they're King Tut in that in that particular league. Now their RPA, RPI will go down because they're going to play some teams that, whose records aren't going to be quite as good. But that's one team. Rice yeah. is fourteen and one, and they've been dangerous in NCAA tournament play. And uh, you got to keep a close eye on them. Their RPI is number eleven. Here's a team you haven't heard from in a long, long time in the sport of volleyball. Houston. Houston's RPI right now is 19. They're 13 and two, and an interesting tidbit about them, and it's not official yet, but we are are, are mapping out plans for a four-year tournament contract with Kentucky, SMU, and Houston. So Houston's a team that is really on the rise, yeah. which is good again for RPI and going to give us some great competition. But we're hoping that that will get that deal. Bowling Green, a team that we played right out of the MAC, we felt like they were going to be very, very good. Their RPI is 29. They're, they're, they played a monster schedule. They've won their share. They're right in it. And then some, some actually some Power Five teams that um, are on the rise as well. Colorado, 
Right now it's 11 and 3, doing well in the Pac-12. Their RPI is 31. Northwestern, the Wildcats, who have not been in an NCAA tournament for a long, long time. You know, Keeler Chan got them into that uh, maybe 10 years ago. Uh, they let him go. They hired Shane Davis, and he has not gotten there. This might be his fifth year. Uh, he's got a really talented team. They beat they beat North uh, beat Minnesota in five at Minnesota. Lost a really tough match this past weekend to Michigan, but they're a team that's ranked 35 in the RPI um, and is, is going to make some noise. And then another one is Texas Tech. Texas Tech, another team that hasn't seen the NCAA tournament in a long time, uh, played very well against Texas last weekend. Their RPI is 35. So right now they would they would make an NCAA tournament. But let me tell you, we're miles away from the from the finish line. For sure. A lot of things a lot of things can happen, both good and bad for teams at this point in time. But that's just kind of a quick look at some teams that you know you hear about all the big big names, but there are some that you know are, are quietly really taking care of some business, and you may not see them on TV a lot. But they're, they're winning lots of matches, and their coaching staffs are doing a great job, as are their players. You make a great point right there. Um, you might not see them on, on TV a lot. A lot of conferences have not uh, invested quite like the Big Ten Conference has or like the Pac-12 Conference maybe has. Um, how do you see them as a voter? Well, stream. I mean, they're, they're on. You can see everybody. Even la last night on a Tuesday, um, I get on and, uh, of course, being so young and, and technology savvy like mm. I am, uh, I'm on Hulu. And so I realized I could save about, on both places, I could save a ton of money by getting off the cable and getting onto Hulu. So yeah. so we did that. And you click the right buttons and you'll get every volleyball match that's, that's being streamed out there. And last night there were several of them. Um, there's a team I didn't even mention, Davidson. Davidson, out of the Atlantic 10, in the last two weeks, beat Dayton, who's picked to win the league, and they beat VCU, who's picked second. Okay. And I watched some of that match wow. last night with uh, Davidson and VCU. That uh, was being streamed. There, almost every match is being streamed, for, for the most part, unless it's just some, some difficulty somewhere. And so you can get on there on a night, like on a, on a Wednesday night or a Friday night or a Saturday night. It just keeps going. The list just keeps going on and on and on and on. So that's how I get a chance to watch some of these teams. And with that coaching uh, poll, uh, you know, I, I try to take most of my jobs pretty seriously, but I, I think it's important that you do your job. And so I, I do look carefully, and it doesn't mean I get it right. I might have some bias, you know, that you can't control. Sure. But uh, that's kind of where, where I am with that. I know that it's kind of, it's never been a, there's never been a better time to be a volleyball fan than there is right now because of the, the sheer volume of, of matches available for sure and, and the quality of play, it yeah. seems, is, is just ratcheting up well, every, every week. That, well, that's the thing, it's just, you look in the Big Ten and just talk, talk quickly about the Big Ten Conference. We have uh, seven teams in the top 15 of the RPI. So that's virtually half the teams yeah. in the top 15 are from the Big Ten Conference. And then even below those seven, there's teams that are making considerable noise. Uh, Illinois, obviously, they're not in the top 15. Yeah. Okay, They're not in the top 50, but they take us to five. Then they go to Wisconsin. They take the Badgers to five. They're going to beat some good teams they this are. season. And, and, they're, and they're clearly an NCAA tournament team, but doubtful that they're going to make it at this point unless they start pulling some of those upsets, which they could do, which they very well could do. I'm happy we only play them one time and we snuck out of there with out a win the yep. over, over at Huff <laughs> Hall. But Maryland can beat some people. Indiana took um, 
Ohio State to four last weekend. They hammered Iowa. Yeah. So, so Indiana is a good serving team that is playing with with real purpose right now. Uh, you know, Michigan State got a win over Maryland. There's there's just a there's there's not that big gap between the top five and the bottom five yeah. like you might have seen in the past. And it, as it relates to the Big Ten in the top twenty five, it's Nebraska three. Purdue 5, Ohio State 6, Wisconsin 7, Minnesota 11, Penn State 13. Uh, rounding out the, those in the top 25, Michigan at 24, Northwestern and Illinois both receiving votes. Yeah. So it, it is uh, kind of the constant. Eight or nine teams are going to be receiving votes or ranked yeah. in the Big Ten. And, yeah. and sort of it becomes a um, kind of a, not really a, a, a self-fulfilling prophecy to a degree where you're constantly playing someone who's highly successful, yeah, and it just sort of uh, a rising tide lifts all boats in that regard. Well, you hope so. Although once you get into conference play, the hope is that your league has done very, very well in non-conference. Okay, and there's been years where the Big Ten is scheduled so tough that they haven't won a lot of those, or they something was going on at some of the programs and that the, the RPI didn't continue to help you. But generally speaking, once we get into our league play, we're going to, as long as you're winning your fair share, your RPI numbers are going to hold pretty steady um, as long as you're winning your fair share. Yeah. You guys uh, tied with Nebraska atop the, the league standings after two weeks at 4-0. Uh, Michigan, Wisconsin, and Ohio State all 3-1. and Penn State, Minnesota, Indiana, Illinois 2-2. Two and two, So yeah. Really too early to judge sure. anything because a lot of it is who have you played. Who you've played. And um, I know that the back half of our schedule is more challenging than the front half, mm -hmm. both in home and away matches. We have uh, four uh, away matches in the front half of our uh, slate and then six in the back half on the road. Uh, the competition just on paper is a little bit better toward the end. Obviously, we've played Illinois and Minnesota so far, and we're going to play Wisconsin all in the first three weeks. That's that's not too bad. Um, but every team is capable of beating. You know, all you can do, the theory and the philosophy that we always take, one match at a time. Yeah. We haven't mentioned Wisconsin, okay, to our team. We haven't. I mean, I've looked at some tape after I got confident that we, we did all we could do on Iowa. Then we moved to Wisconsin as far as a coaching staff, but sure. we don't even even mention them until you know we, we played the match. The match is over before we play them. So um, big week for us, like they all are. And uh, again, play one match at a time, and, and just know every match is going to be a brawl. And you got a chance to win, you got a chance to lose. So you better lace them up. Absolutely, Boilermakers take on the Hawkeyes uh, tonight in the Holloway Gym, Wednesday night in Holloway Gym, then Saturday with. The Badgers uh, also coming to Holloway. Uh, Coach, I think we'll leave it right there for this week. Both matches at 6 p.m. 6 p.m. both, which, yep. Which I think is great because then it gives it just, that's the kickoff to your evening. Yes. Okay? And uh, sometimes when they're at 7 or at 8, you know, it stretches into the time. You know, you might want to be socializing with your, your neighbors or your friends. And this way, at 6, you know, most matches are done by, by 8. Yep. Uh, Big 10 sometimes stretch a little longer because they're always pretty close. But uh, it's a good start time. I almost feel like that's an ideal start time. And, and without TV, it'd be a good, good time to start every match. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Corey. Thank you, Dave. Good luck and boiler up. Boiler up.